You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, of course. Very happy to be joined by my guy, Rocky Magana. Rocky, it was concerning at times in this one, to put it lightly. Uh, that first half was a little ugly. Everything went the Cleveland Browns way, right? In the first half, everything went the way that you need, that the Browns needed things to, to unfold. It was happening in the first half. They played a perfect first half. Offensively, defensively, Kevin Stefanski called a perfect game. It, it, it was just everything was going their way. And even into the second half, there was some struggles and some concern as we were getting late into this football game. And then, Rocky, what happened? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes happened again. And so even for all of the negativity that you were feeling and, and their poor play in the first half, the ultimate eraser, Patrick Mahomes, comes in lobs an absolutely insane throw to Tyreek Hill for a 75-yard touchdown that completely changed the game. It completely changed everything for the Cleveland Browns, and then things just started kind of unraveling. That's a fun game. That's a fun week one game for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. I don't I don't know how else to put it. Um, you know, just as a general football fan, there's no way you watch that game and didn't love every minute of it. Patrick Mahomes is just absolutely insane. <laughs> like, like what else is there to say about that dude at this point? I mean, they never, they didn't make it easy on you, right? Like the, like your blood pressure was never low during that entire game, but you're right. And so why they call him the great eraser is that when you got a heavyweight champ, like Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, he's never going to stop swinging. And the chiefs are always going to go down swinging. And if they connect on a couple of shots, then you're on the floor before you know it, and it's an entirely different game. I mean, when you look at the defense, the first three quarters and the fourth quarter are a tale of two totally different tapes. It's like they didn't even show up until the fourth quarter. They were getting pushed off the ball nonstop in the first three quarters. And then, I mean, you I think you really saw today um, that we missed Willie Gay. I mean, his athleticism on the field. Nick Bolton, I think, for being a rookie and for being asked to step into that role – I mean, he really did step up, and he had some nice plays, but he also had some rookie moments, right? And I think you just see that he is a great player, but the athleticism that, that Gabe Binks brings to the table is just a whole other level, right? And we don't have anybody else who can replace that. Yeah, and uh, we are broadcasting live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on all of our Arrowhead Pride channels. I see all your guys' comments rolling in. Keep them coming in. We'll address it at some point throughout the show. If you guys got some questions you're curious about and you want to hear our opinion, we'd be happy to answer those. We'll get to those at some point throughout the show. And, yeah, I I want to get to the defense here in a little bit, Rocky, but 
We we got to ride this thing out for a few more minutes with the Chiefs fans before we start breaking down uh, the things that nobody wants to talk about, the things that we should probably overlook because they won and they won in impressive fashion late in the game because Patrick Mahomes is just the best football player on the planet. And Tyreek Hill was absolutely insane today. Travis Kelsey was insane today. Like their playmakers just showed up. The defense struggled, but Chris Jones had two sacks. And he yeah. and he was a force late in the game when Patrick Mahomes connected to Tyreek Hill for that 75-yard touchdown. Then the immediate following series, the Chiefs defense finally looked energized, finally looked like they were making a turn in the game. And I, I tweeted it out. It was the first time all game that I felt like their defense looked energized and they looked like, okay, we're coming out to end this thing and push this team off the football. And then Chris Jones immediately follows it up with the sack on the next series. It's just what you expect from this team at this point. Like it's hard to say anything else because they do it over and over and over again. I likened that 75 yard touchdown pass from Mahomes to one that he had to Tyree kill a couple years ago. And I believe it was in uh, 2018 against the Baltimore Ravens where it, they wound up forcing overtime because of that throw where Patrick Mahomes was running across the field and just heaved it across his body, but with precision accuracy that just completely defies physics. Uh, like it, it just didn't make sense then. And it still didn't make sense today. Like I know there's a lot of guys out there in the NFL with strong arms. There's a lot of guys who can make impressive throws, but Patrick Mahomes was insane in, in that moment. And it completely turned the game around a game where the Browns, everything was falling into place. The Browns played a perfect game. The Browns showed up. And I was saying all week long that even if the Browns found a way to win this game, it doesn't matter as much for the chiefs as it matters for the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be a super bowl caliber team this year, right? They're supposed to be that second best team in the AFC. And a lot of people are picking them as a Super Bowl team. They're one of the most talented football teams in all of football right now. And it didn't matter today. It, it, it didn't matter. And they played a perfect game. So Cleveland should feel good about themselves. Uh, with that performance, you hung with the you know two-time defending AFC champions, with the team that everybody assumes is the best team in this conference and, and arguably in the NFL. You hung with that. So Cleveland should feel good about that. But the Chiefs just did it again, man. Like, it's hard not to expect it. Like, even when things are going bad, you just always assume Patrick Mahomes is going to do something like this. He's he just – it's a habit now. And, and, and it, it completely revamped and re-energized the entire team for the rest of the game, that one play. And that's why he's just so insane. Like, it's – things cannot be going the Chiefs' way – for 75% of the football game. And then Mahomes does something like that and it turns everything around and we just see it over and over and over again. It's just insane. It's hard to even explain or or quantify in any reasonable fashion. Well, yeah, I think you saw, you saw that the Browns came out today. There's, there's a difference between faith and expectation in your team. And the Browns came out today with a faith that they could beat the chiefs. And the Chiefs came out today with an expectation that they were going to walk away with a victory. And that only comes from having success in the NFL, I feel like, right? And so I think that that you saw the defense, they stepped up. Once your leader, Patrick Mahomes, everybody feeds, feeds off of Patrick Mahomes' energy. 
right? And throughout the entire game, you had that consistency from Patrick Mahomes where every single time that he was on the field, he was just throwing shots. Those arm angles that he was throwing passes from are just unreal, right? Like, like I feel like every single week he does something that amazes me even more, right? And I think at this point, you, you start to take him for granted a little bit, but we need to take a moment and just understand that we have the best quarterback on the face of the planet right now. And as long as we have him on our team, we're never out of a game because he's going to do something amazing. And then Chris Jones is going to see him do something amazing. He's going to look at Chris Jones and say, all right, now it's your turn. Get out there and do something. And Chris Jones is going to step up or Tyreek Hill is going to step up. And when you have that veteran leadership that that has that expectation to win and not that faith that they're going to win. Right. You know, and there's no moral victories in the NFL, but the, but the Browns should walk out here with their head held high. They came in with a great game plan. They took a shot at the AFC champs. They did their best. And honestly, I don't want to see them again this year. I, I mean, they're a really good team. I don't hey, want I'd like to see, see the that Browns game again. again. Yeah, I mean, it'd be I'd a like fun game to watch. Go. But there, I can think of a few other teams I'd rather see in the playoffs than the Browns again. I mean, yeah. to be honest. But, you know, when you got Patrick Mahomes, you always have a leg up. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill is just insane. Like, like what a week one performance from Tyreek Hill. I think he had 96 yards in the first half. Obviously, the huge 75-yard touchdown. He was just absolutely lights out. And going against a talented Brown secondary, him and Travis Kelsey are just on a completely different level. Like, that's why the Chiefs offense is just so good. And it's hard not to fall in love with what those guys do because they're incredible. Like, we're looking at, in my opinion, like three Hall of Fame caliber players playing their primes all at the same time for the Kansas city chiefs. And they make it look easy. That's just why the chiefs talent, their, their top premier talent, those three guys is just better than any other trio in the NFL. And I, I don't really know where the arguments at for, for, for another three players at the top of your roster who are better than Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, or, or Patrick Mahomes. Like they're just absolutely insane. Um, and for how special they were, we do have to talk about the rest of the offense, though. Uh, McCole Hardman, kind of quiet. A little, little absent in this game. Clyde was a little bit more involved. I love seeing Clyde uh, involved in the passing game, but you still got some question marks about Clyde and what you expect from him moving forward this season. If you, if you are expecting a, a huge jump in year two of his NFL career, which I am. I, I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think he's a talented player. With the revamped offensive line, like you expect the Chiefs running game to be better. That being said, the Cleveland Browns run defense is one of the best run defenses in the NFL over the second half of last year. And that defensive line's better this season. Mm -hmm. That whole defense in general is better this season. And I expected that defense to give the Chiefs some problems. And they were early in the game. But like we said, it, it caught up to them, right? Like it just, yeah. the Chiefs always catch up to you. And, and that's, just a testament to how incredible and historic they are offensively. Like it's just hard for me to think of another team in the NFL that has those that has Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey, and they can beat you at any time. And there's just nothing you can do to stop them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I think that also, you know, everybody knows that Tyreek Hill is the fastest player in the NFL, but that's not what makes him special. That's not what makes him Tyreek Hill. It's the little things he does. It's when a player jumps off sides that he knows to break it deep that some of the other wide receivers on this roster might not do. Nicole Hardman tried to cut one across the middle 
early in the game when they jumped off sides. If he just would have hit the seam and gone deep, Mahomes could have maybe hit him for six. And it's a and it's a free play, right? You know, Tyreek Hill knows to take those free plays. Travis Kelsey Ty- and Tyreek Hill both they know that if it's if it's third and eight, you just find the green grass, just find the hole in the zone, right? You know, you don't have to be in the end zone. Um, it's it's the route running. It's it's the little intangibles that make them at the top of the game and just just put them at, on another upper echelon, you know. And then, you know, the the front four for the uh, for the Browns, yeah, you give them credit. They came out and they had a game plan, and I think Mahomes did a good job in the first half of really, you know, keeping them from pinning their ears back too much by drawing them off sides multiple times with a hard count. Um, I think that the Browns thought, you know what, if we get drawn off sides, we're going after Mahomes regardless. We're pinning our ears back and we're going to try to put, you know, put our hands on him and knock him down. And, you know, to Mahomes' credit, he was able to take advantage of that. Um, I think you saw that the Chiefs offense started finding more success. They had great success in the first half. But, I mean, once they came out after halftime, they started mixing Clyde in a little bit more and running the ball a little bit more and getting a little bit more of a balanced offense. They were able to go, they were able to string together a couple long drives, which I think was crucial because it gave the defense a chance to catch their breath, right? We were able to get some points on a couple long drives, gave the defense a chance to catch their breath, they closed the gap, and then, and then the defense was able to come out and actually make some plays, right? Because they weren't on their heels. Yeah. And so we, we got a ton to get to on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Keep the comments coming in. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's hard to explain how good they've been and and how you just don't see teams that can continue to do this on the level that they continue to do it, but they do. And, And I was talking about this during the Thursday night game with the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy decided to go for two field goals uh, at opportune times in that game instead of going for touchdowns. And that's just not how you beat a guy like Tom Brady. That's not how you beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes. It's the same circumstance like Pete just mentioned. You just can't go for field goals against them. And to the Browns credit, they absolutely did not do that. They did everything that they needed to do to step up and, and win this football game. The chiefs just said, yeah, we're the Chiefs, baby. Like that's just not that's just not how we lose football games. Not at Arrowhead, not at a full capacity Arrowhead crowd, and not opening week of the NFL season. We're not losing at home. I, I do want to talk about the offensive line a little bit here. Uh, so the Browns' pass rush, obviously, Miles Garrett. Very, very talented player. One of the best pass rushers in all of football. And they do have a good defensive line, adding Jadavian Clowney, and we'll see what they get from him. He's had a lot of injury problems so far in his NFL career, so hasn't necessarily lived up to his draft stock. But still a talented player by all accounts. And then they've got uh, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, other talented interior players that were giving the Chiefs some problems. Uh I think overall you have to like what you saw from the Chiefs offensive line. There was some miscues, but I talked about that a lot, Rocky. You can't expect them to look like the best offensive line in football in week one. Like, like it takes a long time for offensive lines to gel and kind of find that rhythm and know you can rely on the guy next to you that he's going to do his job. And so I think overall you should feel strong about the Chiefs offensive line performance going against a very talented pass rush and, and for the most part keeping Mahomes upright and you know giving him an opportunity to make those kinds of plays that make him so special. Uh, they're going to get better. 
Like I, I'm not coming away from this thing completely wowed by the Chiefs' offensive line, but I'm not coming out of it saying we got a problem in Orlando Brown. Uh, you know, we got a problem in Lucas Niang. Like I don't see, I don't think you can say that from this game going against one of the most talented teams in the NFL. I, I feel like they held up pretty well in Week One, considering the circumstances. I mean, in the AFC, who has a better front four than the Cleveland Browns right now? I mean, they're deep, they're talented, they're athletic, they're mean. They got swagger. Um, and I wrote in my article earlier this week that this was going to be the perfect litmus test for this offensive line, right? You know, because you might not get, uh, you might not go against a better front four for the rest of the season. Um, and there's going to be lumps and there's going to be brutal moments. Like you said, there's going to be miscues. But I thought for having three rookies starting their first game, because for all intents and purposes, Lucas Niang opted out last, opted out last year. You know, he's a rookie. Um, I think for having three people playing their first game in the NFL, that they look great. I mean, yeah, there's miscues. There's going to be rookie moments. Um, there's going to be, you know, you know, Orlando Brown's coming in an entirely different system. Joe Thune's never played in this system before either, right? You know, this is all, you know, a work in progress, and great things aren't built overnight. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. There's going to be miscues and lumps. But that being said, going against an extremely talented front four in Cleveland, they held their own. And when the game was on the line, um, Hilaire was able to run the ball. Mahomes got the passes off. There was a pocket for Mahomes to work in when he needed it, you know. And so, yeah, ugly moments, you take those out, the game film looks pretty good. Yeah, and, and I do. I think they've got a tough test in week two. Uh, Chiefs got a Sunday night football matchup against the Baltimore Ravens next week. Uh, we'll kind of see what they look like tomorrow night against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Ravens are dealing with just an insane amount of early season injuries. I think there's some question marks on that offense with you know, Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown being healthy. Rashad Bateman, their rookie wide receiver, is on IR. Boss Gus Edwards and, and J.K. Dobbins. And so we'll kind of see what the Ravens look like tomorrow night against the Raiders, but they do have a nice pass rush. So that could be another strong test for the chiefs to open the season and, and see how the offensive line looks. But I don't think you could come away from this game, you know, being disappointed in the performance of the offensive line. I, I think you have to feel strong about that because it's going to take them some time to figure this thing out and, and to gel and, and to really become a unit. Like we, we see that across the NFL all the time. So I think that's just something that you got to kind of wait and see on. I think you should feel strong about how they look today. Now the chiefs defense is another story. Um, there's reason to be concerned, right? I, well, mm -hmm. no, yeah. there's reason to be there's concerned. Re there's some reason to be concerned. Obviously Tyron Matthew, not in this game. That's the biggest factor in my opinion. Tyron Matthew is the most important player on this chiefs defense outside of Chris Jones in my opinion, and he directs the traffic in that secondary. He is so good, he makes all of the other guys look better. And really, no one in the secondary stood out in a meaningful way today. I know Juan Thornhill came up big. He had Juan Thornhill had a good second half. I, I will mm -hmm. say that. He showed his athleticism. Uh, he had that fumble. Like Juan Thornhill wound up coming up making big plays. And then Mike Hughes did have the interception to end the football game, which was a big play. I think that was more on Baker than it was on Hughes. Personally, uh, Baker just made a bad toss when he was going to the ground, but there's reasons to be a little bit concerned about the chiefs defense. Like we were concerned about this Chiefs secondary headed into the year. And a lot of us thought 
they could use more depth at cornerback. They could add another cornerback, another veteran guy. And then they brought in Mike Hughes. And Mike Hughes is the third cornerback, but he had some struggles in the first half. Uh, the Browns early on, rookie wide receiver Anthony Shorts, uh, I, he's, a, he's a wide receiver that I actually like. I think he's a talented player, extremely fast, like a 4-2-5 type of guy, huge explosive wide receiver. And he was burning Mike Hughes early in that game. Uh, the Browns didn't wind up going back to him much, but I think he's going to be a good player for them later on down the year. I don't think Mike Hughes was like a liability. And obviously he came up with the game ceiling interception, but there's reason to be a little bit concerned about this chief secondary. You would hope that even with no Tyron Matthew, this unit for the most part has been together for years now, right? Like, you know, even LeJerry Seed only headed into year number two, but you would hope there's a little bit more continuity and that they would gel a little bit better in week one of the NFL season. And obviously you get better as you get used to the grind, of the NFL calendar year, but you want to see more from that, right? Like we're expecting Legereus Sneed mm-hmm. to be, and maybe our expectations of Legereus Sneed are unfair. And I thought he played fine today, but we're expecting him to be like when Tyron Matthews out of the game, it was like, okay, you need to see Sneed make those plays that Tyron Matthew does. And I think having Tyron Matthew back is going to allow Legereus Sneed to make significant plays at some point, but it's totally reasonable to be a little bit concerned with that secondary's performance today against the Browns. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I messaged you about halfway through the game and I said, if I'm Tyron Matthews agent, I'm sitting this game field of Brett Feach, you know, because Tyron Matthew is indispensable to this defense. He's a dynamic playmaker. And when he's out of the game, there isn't anybody really to step in to, to fill that role. But Jerry Sneed, you know, to his credit, stepped in and tried to do it. And he did, he did play fine, but there was a couple of times where he was in the backfield, but he just couldn't make the tackle. You couldn't bring down Nick Chubb. You know, he, he got shook off, you know. Um, those are plays that Matthew's at least usually able to hold on until help comes, you know. Um, Nick Chubb's a hard guy to bring down, but those are the plays that Matthew usually makes. Um, he's the he's the guy making the calls on the defense, making sure people are lined up. Anthony Hitchens does a lot of that too, but there's also that missing swagger. You know, there's that kingdom landlord mentality that's just 100% missing off the field when Matthew's not in the game. And talking about Mike Hughes, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the the Schwartz, you know, passes, but they also went to him um, on a critical third down to David and Joku too. You know, it almost seemed like that first drive they were they they knew where to look. You know, they knew this guy was new. They knew that they could kind of have some success against him, you know, to his to his credit. You know, he has Mike Hughes had a short memory today, you know, which you have to do if you're going to be successful as a defensive back in this league. Uh, and when the game was on the line, he made a play. You know, I think the same thing for Juan Thornhill early in the game. He didn't look good. Um, but, you know, then he comes up and he punches the ball out. You know, we just need some consistency there from some of these guys, you know, and then if. Matthew's going to be we just got to hope Matthew stays healthy this year because if we don't have him on the field then our defense is in trouble that's just what it is I mean Chris Jones is a difference maker but he's a pass rusher you know um and he's going to pin his ears back and go after the quarterback but on the second level you got to have somebody else there who's going to make who's going to be able to go sideline to sideline and make a dynamic play and I want to get to this comment from our guy Steve Uh, he says honey badger and Willie Gay out made a difference hope to have them back next week uh deandre baker uh i think deandre baker was a healthy scratch so i think they chose not to play Mm -hmm. him uh and obviously nick bolton is a rookie willie gay's on ir so he's going to be out at least the first three weeks of the season but i do want to mention willie gay there because i know you mentioned him briefly rocky 
Willie Gay can be a difference maker for this team, right? And Anthony Hitchens, you know, we've we've kind of made light of Anthony Hitchens' best shape of his life. He's looking lean. He's looking fleet of foot this year. He's flying around in the preseason. And Anthony Hitchens is a, is a very important player for this Chiefs defense. But all training camp, Willie Gay was a guy that they continued to co- talk about. Uh, coaches continue to talk about. Media continue to talk about him showing up and making plays over and over and over again. And that athleticism is something the Chiefs linebacker core has been missing for a long time. And I liked what I saw from Nick Bolton, especially early in the game where he kept showing up and you kept seeing him make plays, but he's still a rookie and he's still figuring things out. Nick Bolton would not be in there right now, in my opinion, if it was not for the Willie Gay injury. I think Ben Neiman would still be a starting linebacker for this Chiefs team because Spags just doesn't really like starting rookies that much. He he's made that clear over the past couple of years. And so you have to be excited about what you saw from Nick Bolton in, in a high round draft pick that the chiefs invested in, but yeah, I don't think you can make judgments on this chiefs defense until we see what they look like with Willie Gay in there. Obviously they need Tyron Matthew back. Obviously they need Frank Clark back. And I think Willie Gay can be a serious impact playmaker for them because they haven't had that kind of athleticism at that position since like prime Derek Johnson days. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100 percent. They need that Derek Johnson, Donnie Edwards type of player out there on the field. I feel like at the linebacker position. I mean, if you roll out a starting lineup of Ben Neiman, um, Nick Bolton and Anthony Hitchens, those are I mean. Those are some solid players. I mean, with Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's a very solid player. He's just not the athlete that Willie Gay is. Um, and if you roll those three out there as your starting linebackers, you're, you know going into it that you're missing an aspect of athleticism. They're, they're just not as fast as some players in the NFL. I mean, they're smart. They're, they're, they're good tacklers. They can diagnose the play. They can Their gap sound. They're everything else you want in a football player. But when you think of those football players, you don't think outstanding athletes. I mean, it's just as simple as it can be. But Willie Gay, on the other hand, he's still coming along and he's learning things. But, man, he pops on film, you know. And so not having him on the field. I think you can have you can have, you can can have have Ben Neiman and Nick Bolton on the field. You can have Hitchens and Ben Neiman. You can have Bolton and Hitchens. As long as you have Gay on the field, you're fine because you need that, ath- that aspect of athleticism. Yeah, and, and the Chiefs have been missing that for a long time. Uh, another guy that I want to discuss and kind of get your take is on him is Jaron Reed. So he was a guy we've talked about a lot, that Jaron Reed is going to be a significant impact player in the run game for the Chiefs. Uh, he's going to clog up the middle and really allow Chris Jones to bump outside and, and be that kind of pass rusher that we want him to be, you know, Pete Sweeney has said that Chris Jones is going to set the sack record and he got two today to, you know, get off on a a good foot in uh, his route to try to break that record. I just didn't feel like I heard Jaron Reed's name called much in this game And, and they need him to be an impact player for them up front, in my opinion. And, and so I'm a little bit concerned about that because I, I know Jaron Reed's not exactly like a superstar caliber player, and I think he's a really good NFL player. He's had some really good years in the league. I was just kind of expecting more, I guess, in his debut performance with the Chiefs because of Chris Jones and because of the other guys that I had faith in 
along that defensive line. You know, Mike Dana getting thrust into a starting role because Frank Clark isn't there, isn't the best situation for him to be in. But Jaron Reed is a starter on this defense. And so you expect him to make plays. And, you know, when his name is called, you expect to hear it in a regular season NFL game. And I just did not hear that much from Jaron Reed. No, and I think that, yes, to to your point, you didn't hear a lot from Jaron Reed today. And in the second half, I felt like he disappeared a little bit. I think early in the game, he was getting some penetration, but there was no outside containment by the edge, you know, and and the runs were getting bounced outside. Um, I think that the linebackers weren't coming in and filling in the gaps. And so you would have Jaron Reed sometimes getting penetration in the pocket, but then he gets, you know, he's pushing the, the running back, you know, bouncing them outside a little bit to the tackle, and there's just nobody there because, you know, the defensive end has gotten pushed off the ball and sealed off, and then the run goes for seven yards. So that looks like Jaron Reed, you know, you know, didn't show up. But then at the same time, when they went up the middle, he wasn't there. So it's – I feel like it wasn't a horrible outing by Jaron Reed, but it wasn't – as good as we were expecting or from what we've seen in the preseason, you know? So I think that there's definitely a room for him to step up and improve, but I don't think that it was, I can think of other players on the defense who had worse days than Jaron Reed. Yeah. And I, I guess maybe it's an overestimation of what we saw from them in the preseason. And obviously you shouldn't read too much into what's going on in the preseason as was apparent today, but, their defensive line looks dominant in the preseason. So it was hard not to get kind of caught up in that. And obviously they came up with big plays down the stretch. Um, Baker Mayfield's game ceiling interception was because the pocket was collapsing around him and Baker tried to make a a play that Baker just shouldn't try to make. Mm -hmm. And, And that led to Mike Hughes grabbing that game ceiling interception. I don't know. Like, are we, it's just week one. We've got a long season ahead of us, 17 regular season games. There's no reason to jump to conclusions about this defense, especially when we know they aren't anywhere near 100%. And Tyron Matthew, it's not like he's dealing with a significant injury, although you know I don't want to speculate uh, how he's been affected by uh, testing positive for COVID and all of that stuff. He was out there today. He got cleared to play. Chiefs decided he's missed too much practice. We don't want to risk it with him. He's too important to the defense. We're going to rest him this week and make sure he's good to go for Sunday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. But this defense kind of feels like we're going to see some growing pains here early in the year while they try to get healthy. And that's something that we're just going to have to deal with. But is it really any different from what Chiefs fans have gone through the last few years where it's just you just need the defense to not be the reason that you lose games. And today it almost was for a little while for that first half. It looked like it was going to be the reason that they lost this football game because the Browns were just moving the ball at will against them. Kevin Stefanski was brilliant in the first half of this game. So I don't think you should be concerned about the chiefs defense just yet. I just don't think that it's changed really. Like it's, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Andy Reid, that offense is what's going to win you championships. You just need the defense to not be the reason that you're losing football games. Yeah, I think there were times today where Baker Mayfield looked as comfortable as any quarterback could ever look, you know, back there in the pocket. He just had a flat line in front of him and he had all day to throw. And, you know, that's that's not good enough. We know that. Um, like you said, though, we're not at full strength. We, we haven't seen the Chiefs defense yet. 
Um, and so, because we haven't seen it full strength, um, it is still too early. Maybe they're not the top 10 defense that we boasted they were when we saw their ba- our backups beating other teams' backups, right, you know, in preseason. Um, but that being said, yeah, it's a long season, man. And I don't think we're as bad as our 2019 defense where we're like, just get one stop and we can win this game, right? You know, this isn't and, the no punk yeah. game with the Colts and back. I- I don't want I don't mean to interrupt you, Rocky, but Andy Reid is actually uh, live at the podium right now. So let's go ahead and head out there and hear what the Chiefs head coach has to say. They're one of the lead teams in the year with fourth down. So and we normally do that thing. I chose on the fourth of two to, to kick it. But, um, you know, I, I just thought at that time we we need to do that right there. You know, so uh, but they, they've uh, you know that it, I mean, you know how the games are going to be. I mean, they're. They were, they were measuring uh, us against them, and we, we, we were kind of doing the same. I mean, you don't know, this first game, so we knew they were a good football team, and you know, we, our guys, uh, you know, really pressed through. And it was warm out there too. And I, I, you know, I gave Barry a little credit after the game with our guys, Barry Rubin. Just uh, <clears throat> our guys were in good shape, and and uh, showed that fourth quarter. Well, how do you, how do you talk about it, Joe, during the offseason? You know, the rookies. Yeah, yeah. So listen, that's a good front seven. So I, I, I thought they, you know, I thought they held their own and really did a nice job. I mean, to get the run game going like that uh, against that crew, I thought was big. We had the one sack at the end that kind of, you know, that, but that shouldn't ruin the rest of what they did. I mean, I, I was, I was pretty impressed. Now, uh, Yang had the, he probably had the toughest job all of them. Um, so, and he bared down and, and pushed through and, uh, I mean, these are young guys now, young, young guys in there and against veteran group alignment. So defensive alignment. So yeah, just keep growing. Let's just keep growing. You know, we're not going to rest on this. We've got to get better or there were too many mistakes. We had holding penalties, you know, procedure penalty. We got, we got to get better. So we'll, we'll hammer that for right now. We're going to enjoy it because it was a tough one. Um, and these wins are hard to get in this league, so we're going to enjoy this one. But we'll get back and make sure we grind through some of the things we need to get better at. Yeah, just uh, listen. I think it's just a mindset that, well, that something's got to come up here and, and take over. He was one of the captains today, so he, uh, you know, he takes a lot of pride in where where he's come from with this organization and. And, uh, you know, he's not the young buck anymore. He's, he's a, you know, he's a guy, right? So he's, he's there with the veteran players and he showed great leadership with that and fired everybody up. I don't know. I mean, that, that, um, get too old for these, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I thought Brendan did a nice job with that. He had a great rotation going there, inside and outside guys. So uh, I think that helps you. We did the same thing with Kels, you know, kind of rotated him on the offensive side and rotated the backs. And so I did I mean, that stuff helps down as you go. Receivers always do it, but, you know, that, 
that, that stuff helps, especially early in the season like this when it's, you know, as a tendency to be a little bit warm. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go into what I'll let, I'll let him do that. We, um, I don't want to give anything away, but he he uh, he did have some nice, nice adjustments uh, for the pass game part of it. Third down was really the hammering point. We weren't doing very well in third down and <clears throat> in the first half and he. You know, he, he added a couple little things there. So I, uh, I, I would tell you that was probably the biggest, biggest part. Hey, and with the way Kyrie plays today, just remarkable that he seems to continue to get better. And was there anything that you guys did differently with him today versus January? Uh, we had, yeah, there's a little different coverage than we saw there. So we did a couple different things, but um, the, maybe what we did in the Super Bowl or, or, or last time with him. Um, were you asking about last time or our last game? Last game against them? Yeah. 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 So last game against them, yeah. There were some similar things. There were some things that we changed up, yeah. Give them a couple, you know, little wrinkles there. Coach mentioned that the fans in the atmosphere, how much did you feel like the playoff game? Yeah, listen, it was it was loud down there. I mean, very, very loud. I mean, you guys were there, you know. So, I mean, it, it was kind of that kind of atmosphere. And I, I think, you know, you, you watch all the college games. And you felt that you, you kind of uh, arrow has loud anyways, but now you, you load this thing up and you said you can't come here for a year, you know, and uh, you just open the gates and, you know, <laughs> here they are. Andy, you talked about wanting to needing to get that run game going. Was it something last year? What was there that let you know that? Yeah, yeah I just, I, you know, I didn't like the balance that we had going the way it was working out. So I thought, with the coverages they were playing, that it, it would help to run it just a little bit. Right. Coach, uh, back here. How, how big was that 75 yard play? It seemed like it turned everything around, woke the fans up, woke your team up. Yeah, no, that was big. I mean, to be able to sustain a drive like that and then score, especially to start a half, I mean, that's the second half. I mean, that's a, that's a positive thing. You know, you've gotten something accomplished in there and, um, you know, gives the guys confidence that we can move the ball. Better than what we were doing. I was talking about the 125 yard pass play to Tyreek. Ah, yeah, that was nice too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Bye. nice. Bye. Andy, obviously you've had a lot of great teams and great players before you have Patrick, but I, I, I just wonder, I think it's 10 times now that he's, he's brought you back from two, two score deficits. And just how much different is it to, to know you always have that, even when it looks a little dire? Yeah, well, you love his attitude because he always feels like, you know, we're we're in it, and and he does such a great job with the guys around him. He's a great communicator. I mean, you guys know this when you talk to him. So, but a great communicator during tough times on the sideline. So we can sit there and we can talk, and I can kind of feel where his mind's going with things, and and that helps. You know, I mean, that's that's important, especially in a game like this. Does it put put you at ease in a different way? I don't know, puts me at ease, um, but I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, I think that's a real positive trait that he has. Um, you mentioned that the crowd um, a couple times now, but I'm also wondering the way that you guys are able to score like the 75 yards with Tyree, just these big plays. I just wonder if that it can sort of amplify those big moments and turn a little bit quicker than he might have sort of fly. 
Yeah, you kind of felt that. You felt it with the defensive stand. You know, you felt it with the tight with the Tyreek's touchdown there. <clears throat> I mean, what a great job he did getting open on that, just coming back to the ball and Pat running full speed to make that throw back across. I mean, some. And how many times have we seen that? You know, it's um, it was pretty spectacular. But having the fans part of that um, is great. And and here um, at GEHA Stadium. Arrowhead at Arrowhead. All right. Make sure you put that in there so I don't get <laughs> don't get in trouble. Um, listen, I mean that's um, it, it. Just it doesn't take much to get everybody fired up, and that those kind of things sure help. Yeah. So you know the fellow that was involved with it came over and he was on the chest of our player, and that's what happened, right? So he was trying to get him off, and he didn't want to get off. And so he kind of lifted him just a little bit, and um, and then he got he got hit back, you know. So or he got hit, and um, you know, but he he was there to help get that fella who was leaning on our guy. That's why there was a penalty, right? So um, the officials fixed it, which I thought was important. And um, you know, you, you don't do that on our sideline. You don't do that to our guys. I mean, bottom line. That was Chiefs head coach Andy Reid speaking with the media after the Chiefs' big win over the Cleveland Browns in week one of the NFL season. I'm Steven Serta, joined by my guy Rocky Magania on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Obviously, Chiefs pick up a huge win week one of the NFL season against... The team, in my opinion, that's the second best team in the AFC in the Cleveland Browns. And I did correctly predict, by the way, that the Pittsburgh Steelers would beat the Buffalo Bills earlier today. The Bills did not look very good in that football game. But a fantastic game today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Highs and lows, ups and downs, but it's hard to not feel good after the way the Chiefs came back and won that football game. It just impressive showing by Patrick Mahomes by the best football player on the planet. Right. Rocky like that. That's kind of just what the, the Browns played a perfect game until Patrick Mahomes said, all right, I'm done with this. I don't want to play this game anymore. We, we gotta, we gotta end this thing. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes threw for three thirty-seven, three TDs and then rushed another one in. Um, it, he just, he does what he wants at will, you know, with opposing defenses. If, if he's under duress, he finds a way to, you know, change his arm ankle, angle, make the make the completion. Um, Tyreek went off for one ninety seven, you know, on eleven receptions. I mean, that's that's a monster day for Tyreek Hill, you know, and he was there every single time Mahomes needed him. Um, interesting in uh, Andy Reid's presser. I don't think I've ever seen him so fired up as talking about that incident on the sideline there between Harrison Jr. and Lewis. You know, he seemed like he was happy that the uh, officials made it right, but at the same time, you could tell that he was he was pretty fired up about it. Yeah, and, and Andy Reid. I guess we we didn't mention that yet. It was such an eventful game. I almost yeah. forgot there was a player ejected in the first quarter of the game uh, for shove, shoving Greg Lewis. Uh, it was an incident on the sideline between Brown safety uh, Ronnie Harrison and Chiefs coach Greg Lewis. Uh, it appeared that Harrison was kind of standing on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He tried to get him off. Uh, Harrison immediately pushed back on Greg Lewis. 
Uh, there was a lot of blowback on Twitter over that, obviously. Um, I don't think that, you know, you shouldn't touch a player on the football field when you're a coach on the sideline, but at the same time, you can't push a coach. Like, you just can't. Uh, I'm totally fine with the ejection. Like, I think it was totally warranted, and I don't think there was any reason to dispute it or or argue about it. No, I mean, you're a, you're an NFL athlete, and you're a big human being, and with that comes certain responsibilities and two things you can't do as an NFL player. And you know this is you can't ever put your hands on a co- on, a, in a, on a referee and you can't put your hands on a coach, especially an opposing team's coach. I mean, those two things right there are going to get you nailed without a doubt, no matter what. If you if it was another Chiefs player, you know, it may have been a little bit different, but under no circumstances can you go to the opposing team's sideline and put your hands on one of their coaches. I mean, it's it's it, it should go without saying. It obviously didn't. It happened, you know, and – you know, obviously the refs came back and they made the right call, you know, and they made the right decision and it all got taken care of. Yeah. And I do want to mention before we get out of here, because I know it's very important to chiefs fans. Patrick Mahomes is still undefeated in the month of September. Mm-hmm. He's still yet to throw an interception, which is, I think even more remarkable than, than having never lost a game in your career in the month of September. That's absolutely insane uh final thoughts before we get out of here rocky on the chiefs big win overall performance and how you're going to feel about them headed into next week on sunday night football against the baltimore ravens i think you know it's a it's a brutal start to the season but it wasn't the first half that we wanted but we really pulled it out in the end and the chiefs start hot every single year it seems like thanks to patrick mahomes being amazing in september you know and never losing in september um, it was a little bit closer than a lot of us would like it to be, but you know, that made for a great game and it made for a really good watching experience. There's some things they got to clean up on defense, but we got to get healthy on defense too. I think if, if Matthew can go next week, it's a totally different look. Um, but that remains to be seen, you know, kind of where he's at. Um, the pass rush has to be better. The coverage has to be better. There has to be more pass breakups. You know, there was a lot of good coverage where Baker Mayfield made a great throw and Jarvis Landry came down with it. Jarvis Landry's an amazing wide receiver. He's great. But at the same time, you got to break up more of those. Yeah, and for the Chiefs offense, at some point throughout this season, uh, we already mentioned how long of a season it is, and things can change really quick in the NFL. So you can't jump to conclusions in week one. Uh, Every year we see – a team have a bad performance or, or look lackluster in the opening game of the season. And it's a completely different story when we look three months down the line. Obviously, the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL, but I still really want to see a consistent pass catcher step up outside mm-hmm. of Travis Kelsey, outside of Tyreek Hill. Now, no one on this team is going to ever surpass those guys as offensive weapons because of just how incredible they are and the caliber of player that they are as individuals. But you need another guy like Sammy Watkins was never going to give you a thousand yards or anything like that, but you just need a guy who can make a big catch for you when you need him to, who can, you know, give you a consistent five to 600 yards as a third Mm -hmm. passing option. And I don't feel like they have that right now. Uh, McCole Hardman, is a talented player and I love his explosiveness and all of that. I just haven't seen anything from him him yet so far in his career that makes me believe he is going to be a consistent all around wide receiver at some point 
who can do the things that Sammy Watkins did when he was healthy for this Chiefs team. So I'm concerned about that. I'd really like to see that kind of get figured out as the season goes on. I do think it's an important and underrated component of this offense. Like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can always give you that spark and always put you over the top, but you just need another guy that you can rely on that, that he's just going to be there when you need him to be there on a big third down or, or, or something like that. And obviously getting Tyron Matthew back is going to change the secondary. I, I still have faith that Legarius needs going to be a, an extremely talented player that Charvarius Ward uh, can be a, a solid and consistent player. And, and maybe we'll see a little bit more out of my cues. We, we, we don't know. He came up with a big interception, but Tyron Matthew is going to change this secondary when he comes back for this chiefs football team. And I think they need to get Willie Gay back in a hurry one, because I just want to see him play for the chiefs. Like all we heard last season and in the limited time that he did play, we saw how much more explosive he was than any other linebacker that they had on the roster. All of the reports in training camp, everything that we saw in the preseason, like Willie Gay looked every bit as athletic as any linebacker that they had on the team. And they just don't have that type of explosive playmaker in that position group right now. And I would love to see him get back and get healthy within, you know, the next three weeks, whenever he can get off of IR, if that's, if hopefully it's only going to be a three weeks in on IR. And I think he can be a legitimate game changer for this defense once he gets in there, because they don't have a guy who I trust to fly sideline to sideline in that group at all right now. No, not at all. They don't, um, you know, we got to see him back on the field and we got to hope he stays healthy. Like that's the thing is you see a lot of guys who are talented and they just can't stay on the field. You know, here's knocking on wood that Willie Gay is not one of those guys, you know, because if he's healthy and he's on the field, then this linebacker, linebacking unit looks completely different. You know, we need him to be on the field. And in the same token, we need Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to stay on the field this year too. We can't afford a collarbone in- injury to Tyreek Hill this year, I don't think. Um, because like you said, there's nobody else in that number two receiver role that we really trust, you know, to to make the play when the game's on the line. Now, when Tyreek Hill was out last last time, our, our wide receiving crew was group wasn't that much better than what it is right now, and Mahomes was still found a lot of success, you know, but that being said, I'll sleep a lot better at night if Tyreek Hill's in the lineup and Traffic Kelsey's in the lineup, and I think that the offensive line looked good today, but we got to run the ball better. Um, I'm not concerned that that Edwards Hilaire only had 14 carries. I'm concerned that he, you know, didn't even average three and a half yards a carry. It came in what I think about 3.1 yards a carry for the game. You know, in the NFL, that's not good enough. You got that. You got to be able to get yards on the ground when you need them, and you got to be able to have a decent average. Otherwise, we're going to run into the same problems we had last year on offense. Absolutely, undoubtedly, room for improvement uh, headed into the season, but. It's a Chiefs win. Uh, Chiefs big win against a very, very talented Cleveland Browns team. So let's celebrate Kansas City. First big win off to a 1-0 start as the Chiefs head towards hopefully another Super Bowl appearance with Patrick Mahomes 
and Andy Reid. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Arrowhead Pride Reaction Show. We do ask that you follow us on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. You can follow Rocky at Rocky Magania. I'm at Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. And we ask that you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We've got stuff coming out seven days a week for you guys this football season. Uh, there's just there's just not any other place right now where you can get Chiefs coverage the way we're doing it seven days a week at Arrowhead Pride. So please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing. And as always, check out arrowheadpride.com. Uh, Rocky does fantastic work for us, and we've got a whole team of writers uh, just cranking out Chiefs content all throughout the week. Uh, if you guys did not catch Andy Reid earlier in the broadcast, uh, make sure you stay tuned after the show. We will have every single Chiefs post-game press conference on the podcast. So you're going to have to go find the podcast. You should already be subscribed to the podcast network, but if you aren't, you can go do that. Go find the podcast and listen to every single one of the Chiefs post-game press conferences. So again, big Chiefs win. Let's go celebrate Kansas City 1-0 to start the season. We'll talk to you guys next week for Sunday Night Football. Chiefs and Ravens. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. As I promised, we have all of the Chiefs post-game press conferences coming up. We do have to take a quick timeout, so hang with us for 60 seconds, and then when we get back, you'll hear from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, wide receiver Tyreek Hill, as well as defensive end Chris Jones and cornerback Mike Hughes. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know if you've seen this it's funny you said that. I literally, I literally just saw that. I literally just saw that, and uh, that. I mean, sometimes it'd it be like that. Is what I have to say. I mean, sometimes you just gotta throw it up. He's a little dude, but he goes and catches it, and he's and he's pretty fast. So uh, usually, good things happen. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's that he's really good at adjusting to the ball. I mean, he's world class. If if not his speed, that's probably the best thing that he that he's that he does is adjusting when the ball's in the air. And then I think it's kind of that thing where if he gets past you, it's kind of like you're you're trying to get there with everything you have. So the DB was running as hard as he could because if I threw a good ball, he probably would have ran thrown over the top. And he uh, was able to adjust and make a play.
Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Um, I think we just have a lot of belief in this team. Uh, we've been in those situations before, and we think that we can win no matter what the situation is. Um, and then getting that play to Tyreek kind of got the crowd back into it. And when you're at Arrowhead and that crowd's rolling, it gets the defense going, and it kind of translates to the offense. And so uh, uh, I'm just glad that we found a way to win against a really good football team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's week one. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a really good football team. Uh, we had to battle and find a way to get a win. Um, but a lot of things happen during the season. I think uh, week one is important because you want to win a game against a team that you think that w has a chance to be in the playoffs and you think you do. Uh, so this could matter at the end of the season. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it takes a week-by-week, -week, day day-by-day mentality to, to, to get there at the, in the end. Yeah, they actually they played a little bit different coverage. They, they, they had been playing to our empty kind of package there. They threw a little wrinkle, and it, they covered up Kels pretty good. Um, and I looked at McColl, and he was getting covered pretty good. And I, I kind of started scrambling. And I, I joked around Tyreek. I said, I saw this little hand just pop up like this. And I was like, if I can just throw it far enough. Um, and so uh, I threw I didn't throw it far enough, but he adjusted, made the catch. And then in the, it, once he's in space, it's touchdown. Patrick, we've seen you on things like films where you're in a tough situation. You really talk up some of your fellow offensive players. I'm wondering if you sent any messaging to your defensive players to kind of stick with it today in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I, I always talk to those guys and, and, and tell them, like, we're going we're gonna to keep scoring. We're going to keep giving you all chances. Um, but at the end of the day, I think guys just stepped up. I mean, we were out without Tyron. We were without Frank, who obviously are great football players, but they're great leaders on that defense. Um, so a lot of young guys had to step in and play, and then guys like Chris stepped up and made some, a few sacks. Then those young guys stepped up and started making plays and plays, and then Mike with the pick at the end. Andy, you said that the offensive line, especially Lucas Yang and the job he did, yeah, I thought they did a great job. Um, there was times I, I would drift it back just a little bit too far. Um, kind of got, and they were getting the guys coming on that 10-yard area, and I had to step up pretty quickly. Um, but we'll continue to work on that. They're doing a great job of being firm in the front um, and kind of edging those guys. So I, I got to step up into the pocket, and uh, they, they did a great job today against, like you said, a really good defensive line. You got the uh, big game from Tyreek, big game from Kelsey, not so much for any of the other guys. It worked out for you today. Was that sustainable? No, I mean, they're, they're, those guys had opportunities. If you watch the film, those guys are open. I mean, there was a play, I think I threw to Tyreek on the, down the middle, like, kind of down to the, I guess, the left sideline at the time for us. There, there's a sideline where I hit Tyreek, but if, you, if I would have just had a little bit more time, McColl was popping for a touchdown. Um, and there's a play to D-Rob where I've hit that play to D-Rob a thousand times where I kind of underthrew him, and it, it, was, it was short. Um, so, I mean, those guys are going to make plays. I mean, in this offense, with guys like Tyreek and, and Travis taking so much attention, they'll make plays, and I have the trust in them that they'll do it. Patrick, on your touchdown run, it looked like Trey Smith kind of pancaked Lock on, I guess, a defensive tackle with Malik McDowell. Mm. What was your reaction? That kind of opened the lane for you. What, would you, what was your reaction when you saw that block? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of went through the reads. They covered it really well, the play um, that, we, that we ran. Um, and so it, it wasn't supposed to be held that long. So they, those guys were kind of coming off the ball really fast, and, and they, they made some great blocks. Um, and so I was able to kind of make that one guy miss. And then I was running, and the whole time I'm looking for someone to throw to or slide. And then it just seems like I kind of like found a way to get in the end zone. So it, was, uh, it gave me false confidence, I said, because I tried to cut it back again and got, got popped by two dudes. So I'll try to stay away from that. Patrick, Andy Reid said he's kind of getting a little old for this ball, these close games, especially week one and how close this was. Does it kind of feel like one of those like playoff-type games against a team that you know was coming in for a lot of uh, 
Yeah, I think it's like kind of what I said. It's the belief that we have in each other. We believe as an offense, defense is going to get a stop when it when it when it comes to it, and the defense believes that we're going to go down there and find a way to score. Um, and so uh, I think that belief in each other and uh, going out there and battling against a good football team. And I think what made it feel like a playoff game was the crowd. I mean, it was it was insane. It was one of the one of the best crowds I've I've seen since I've been here. And I think that was, that was a momentum swing that we kind of got in our favor. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of depends week by week, but I mean, he's such he, he understands coverages so well, and so when you're playing a team that plays a lot of zone coverages, um, and they're flipping zones and changing, they have great players. He he can kind of read it on the fly, and so uh, I think the one touchdown I hit him after the turnover uh, with the the fumble off the, off the, the the punter, he was supposed to go in kind of in more, and he just saw that the, how they had pushed in the line with their their linebackers, that he could kind of just stay vertical, and I just put it on him, and he scored. Uh, Patrick, I mean, you were right next to him. Like, the player on the sideline. Lewis, that little chubby there. Mm. What was your view of that, and, and just kind of what that kind of meant about the stakes on this game? You said that was uh, G. Lou. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even know it was G. Lou. I, I was kind of there was a big scrum, so I didn't get to see it all. But uh, I mean, I think it's just we 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 fight for each other. I mean, we battle for each other. It's a brotherhood. Um, and I don't think we liked how the, the guy got up on top of Clyde. And I don't think he was really trying to do anything but get him off Clyde if, if, if it was him. But uh, it escalated, got settled down, and we, we were able to go out and move on and, and find a way to get points. Last one. Any sense of your attitude and communication that he always feels like you guys are never out of it? Tyreek said, you know, instead of being there, what fuels your belief that you guys are never out of it? Yeah, I think it's just a. It's kind of you've been through these situations before with these guys. I mean, we, we obviously have new O-linemen and new players, um, but the core, we have the core guys that have found ways to win. If it was the playoff game against the Texans, if it was the Super Bowl, or if it was last year when we kind of came back and won all those games, uh, we found ways to win games at the end of the day, and I saw you had that belief in each other, uh, which would makes you believe that you can find a way to win in any single game. Yeah, it's just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. What's crazy is I was in the locker room and he said, I didn't even see you. I just seen your little hands stick up. I'm like, bro, come on, bro. Come on, man. Like, but um, I was able to make a play, you know, for the team, you know, when they needed me the most. So here it is. I don't know, man. Um, I, I just got a lot of pride in just being the best. You know, um, I feel like each and every year I, I come out here and like I prove myself. And every time I get on Twitter, people doubt me because of how fast I am. You know, so and plus, like I also want to retire my. I, I just want to retire my mom. You know, so that like that is what drives me to to just come out here and work hard and just be the best. You know, my mom, my family, just everything in general. Right. I don't know, man. Um, when I catch the ball in open space, I'm like, just try to score. Like, I need to get out of that, you know, because I'm trying to reverse field. I'm trying to go left, right. I'm trying to do everything, you know, and, instead of just getting up field, you know, and, and just taking the yard. So, I mean, it's all about getting better, you know. So, I feel like when we watch this tape with EB, he going he gonna to chew me another because there was a lot of plays I could have had so many more yards, you know. So, it's all good. Tyreek, on that play and the touchdown, 
Which one? Uh huh. There's a bunch of them though. Which one? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, man. John Johnson, he's a heck of a ball player. You know what? So, I mean, um, I guess he was thinking that Pat was going to lunch the ball by 80 yards. You know, and like you said, I was able to adjust the ball. So that's really hard for like any DB. I don't, I don't, I don't care who you is. You know, if you run at full speed and I stop and catch the ball, it, it's going to be hard for any DB. Man, I'm fired up, man. I'm feeling good, you know, especially in all that field right there. I really wanted to throw the peace sign and do a backflip, but I was like, I do not want to get fined, you know, so I was just like, but yeah, I'm feeling good at that point. You know, after I caught that pass, I'm like, yeah, I'm finna go do something crazy. But then I felt my legs like, ah, don't, don't even do no backflip. I would have landed on my neck too. Crazy. Excuse me, say that again. When you guys I mean, we always can get better. Like, and I know everybody in that locker room is going to take that same approach, whether it's Pat, whether it's myself, whether it's Kels, whether it's Chris Jones. Everyone is going to take that approach and getting better each and every week. You know, so that is what makes this team um, so great, you know, because everybody wants to be better. Every, um, we don't mind holding, holding each other accountable, and we, we want to get back to the ship. So. Right. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't need to come in Monday and see an envelope in my, you know, because I pay child support, so I, I just need that money, you know, so I can't th- be throwing up the peace sign no more. That, that's why I came up with the gloves. I, I forgot I could open just open up my hand. Uh-huh. Oh, no, 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 no. Pat can throw the ball literally like 80 yards, you know. So if I'm if if I stop and he throw the ball 80 yards, then I'm going to really get chewed out, you know. So if I run hard and he underthrow me, then he, he'll he get chewed out, you know. So I I, I, I just got to run hard, you know. There's never – I thought in my head that he's he's going to underthrow me. It was very fun. Like that game was very physical. You know, um, I, I had a, uh, I had a few opportunities to go in and block the safeties. Those guys were coming downhill. You know, I, I felt it a little bit. But that's what football is. It's fun. It's physical and it's fast. You know, so this was a great way to start the season out for us. You know, to get our minds right. Our minds right. So everyone is is very excited, man, for the season. Uh huh. Just keep playing, man. I feel like there was never a doubt in no one's head, you know, that we, like, um, we were going to lose this game and just play for one another, you know. So we came out, we started playing for, um, we started playing for one another, and things began to, like, 
you know, happen for us. You know, you've seen the special teams, you know, drop punt by the, by the, um, by the punter or whatever. You know, then you see me make a play. Then you see Kelsey make a play, and things begin to roll. You know, it, it's just that fast. You know, that's why football is a game of four quarters, 60 minutes, you know. It was crazy. Like, you guys keep that up, man, because my eardrums are crazy right now. I feel like I'm on a Delta flight. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, um, most definitely. Because you can see, like, a play like that can just create energy just like that. Like, it, cre like, it created a spark in our whole defense. You know, um, as you see, we scored. Then Chris Jones came out and got a sack. And like I said, things began to, like, change for us. It's just that fast, like a, a quick smart. You know, it doesn't matter if I if I make it, if McCole make it, Kelsey make it, it doesn't matter, man. Like this team is gonna play for one another. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, guys. Really seeing a defensive lineman take over a game like you did in the second half. Did you feel like you'd really kind of take it over when you got to the Um, I just got settled. Um, first half it gave me a lot of play action, ran away from me. Um, got in the um, locker room. Have time, made a few adjustments with Spags. Got settled down. I was able to play my game. Chris, you uh, started off the season with two sacks. Uh, what, what did you see on, on those plays that they got you the sacks? You know, um, we talked on the sideline uh, with keys. Um, we came up with some keys that they was showing us pass. And um, when I realized it was a pass, I was able to fully pass rush on it. And um, I was fortunate enough to get a sack on a veteran offensive tackle. We just have to settle down as a defense. I think we was all over the place. They was giving us a lot of different looks, um, especially with the play action. We was expecting a heavy run, and the time we expect a heavy run, we'll get a play action over the top, or the time we expect play play action, we'll get a run down the middle. So we just have to settle down as a defense. And once we got settled, we was able to get them off the field. Uh, I think we, we, we ended it with three straight drives going off the field. So uh, we just got to settle down more earlier in the game. You know, I don't think we need to wait to halftime to settle down. So that's a growing phase, you know. It's always good to grow off of a win. Chris, how many times in your career you feel like you've taken over a game like you did? I don't really feel like I've taken over a game. I, I feel like um, we had a lot of a lot of pieces in the right place, and Spags called a, a, a heck of a defense, and uh, my teammates helped me. Uh, it was a big challenge, especially having two of our leaders down. Um, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew is the vocal leaders of this team, and having a, having their presence, especially on the field uh, in games like this, the teams we are probably meeting in the playoff is uh, it's very important. So hopefully, I'm able to have my guys back next week. Listen, I get a credit to uh, Veach and Spagnolia. Um We brought in guys this um, the, this offseason, and then we got a group of guys that's able to step up when the adversity faces us, especially in critical situations. We got two one who was a new guy on the team who ended the game. And we got one who we fully believe in. We got Dan Sorison, we got Sneed, and we got Trey Five. And um, those guys I fully believe in. We fully believe in, in them as a defense and as a team and to step up when adversity faces us. Because you the way it was out there for the fourth quarter, how big of a one was the kind of rotation that Coach Daly had for you 
and two was the offense coming out there, having that long drive beginning to half that really gave the defense a little on the field for half an hour. How much of those two things kind of help keep you fresh? You know, um, me and Coach Daly, we talk a lot on the sideline to make sure we keep everyone fresh. Uh, you know, like I um, said, a while, said a while ago, um, we got guys that can come in and uh, play the game. You know, the, the the eight guys we dress on the defensive line, um, I'm able to take a break and they're able to step it up. We got Colin Sanders, we got Derek Naughty, Torshawn Warden, you know, Mike Dana. Uh, Alex Okafor, and I can continue to go. Jaron Reed, and those guys uh, that can step up and play the game. You know, they don't need me every play out there. And uh, me and Coach Daly, we talk. We talk about situations and game plans, how we want to use, utilize me and my skill set on different types of plays. And everybody get tired. I need a break every now and then. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> One thousand percent. I felt like um, defense was a lack of first half, and we had to make a few adjustments. That, that's all it took. Um, settle down as a defense. I think we all was excited. Um, fans everywhere. Everyone is screaming. A lot of um, adrenaline pumping. Um, once we was able to settle down as a defense, we were able to weather the storm and uh, get them off the field. How do you think your rookie teammate uh, Nick Bolton did out there? Um. I think he did pretty good. He was able to come in, especially in the, in the goal line, and he was flying around. So um, we're going to watch film, see what we can get better at, and continue going. What about Reggie White? Oh, Reggie White. Um, I was telling him earlier, I think he's probably the greatest player to ever play the game. Um, I hope when I retire that um, I'm out on my game after Reggie White. You know, he set the standard so high in this league. And, uh, you know, um, I just bought his jersey three days ago. I was like, you know, I got to get the greatest player ever to play the game jersey, and uh, I decided to wear it my first game. What's most satisfying, Chris, knowing that you're playing from a defensive end position, the place where you wanted to be for so long to have success in the first go-around? Because honestly, um, changing, changing the position is very exciting for me. I feel like I'm learning a whole new position. Still growing, still growing. Still got a lot of things to learn from, especially from this game. Um, so always able to learn when you have a win, you know. It's tougher when you lose. So um, that's a good thing, and we're just going to continue to work on it. Um, I'm going to watch film first. Uh, you know, it's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. But it's always something you can build off of. Well, once we was able to settle down and gear after him and um, had a few few plays to go our way and uh, stop the run and force them to pass the ball, we was able to create some havoc. So um, we just got to continue to build off of that, you know, especially early in the game. You know, you don't want to wait to have time to kind of, you know, start creating havoc. So we're going to watch film. Let's we'll see where we're at. I'm sure you guys are a little dejected after, you know, you get the fumble, they get the field goal, one score game, and you give up the touchdown. But that 75-yard touchdown from, from Mahomes and Tyreek, I mean, you come out and follow it up with a sack. Is that the key moment in the game for the defense when you get that sack? Um, I'll say there was a lot of different key moments. You know, the the turnover is always huge. You know, the sack at the beginning of the drive kind of took the, get, the Browns out of the game plan they wanted to go with. You know, um, 
and the interception at the end, you know. So it's a lot of key moments. It's a lot of building moments also, you know. Um, when you make plays like that, it helps the defense around you, able to settle uh, the corners down, let them know that the front four is getting after them, I'll make Baker kind of release it faster than he want to. And it's, it's a plus for the defense. Thank you, guys. Uh, well, I knew it was going to come down. We all knew it was going to come down to uh, us making a stop on defense. Um, you know, I got to get all the credit to those the other 10 guys who did their job. Flushed him out of the pocket. He made a bad decision, and we just capitalized off of it. So, um, you know, it's not all about me. Uh, obviously, I made a great catch, great play, but uh, I always got to give credit to those other guys as well, uh, especially offense for, um, you know, keeping us in the game. They kept scoring, and uh, all we needed was a couple stops to get right back in it. So, uh, you know, offense helped us, helped, helped our momentum, and, uh, you know, when that opportunity presented itself, um, I made a play. So, how big was that? Was that uh, 75 yard touchdown pass that Patrick threw to Tyreek that kind of fed you off to get, get that four and out on the ground? Right. Like I said, that was huge, man. Uh, it was a big momentum shift. And, uh, you know, late in the game, we needed that, uh, especially on the defensive side. Uh, you know, we, we obviously we got a lot of corrections to make. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game, but uh, it took all three phases um, offense, defense, special teams, and, um, you know, we're we're just blessed to, to you know come out on top, man. It's week one. It's hard to get uh, you know wins in the NFL, and uh, you just got to take it week by week and uh, appreciate you know the opportunity and, um, and you know we see the opportunity. Mike, how satisfying was this in the prism of the idea like this is a team that went out and wanted you? Wait, one more time. I'm sorry. How exciting was making that play? Uh, I mean, honestly, bro, I'm I'm past that. Um, I'm here. I'm a part of you know Chiefs Kingdom now, so that's all I'm focused on. Um, but it, it felt good to you know get out here in front of our home crowd and uh, be able to make a play in front of everybody to um, you know show everybody what I can do you know on the field. And uh, it felt great, man. It felt great. Mike, what didn't work in the first half defensively, and what do you think worked so well for you guys late in that fourth quarter? Um, you know, we, when we watch film tomorrow, we'll we'll know every every you know. Uh, all those details, and um, you know, obviously we we uh, we need to stop the run better, a little bit better, and uh, the pass as well. But um, you know, we'll we'll go and make those corrections tomorrow, and you know, we'll keep this thing rolling. Bro. Along those same lines, how much do you think not having Tyron on the back of the coverage to help you communicate some of those issues? Well, you know, we we always have this this mindset of you know one man down, next man up. So uh, you know, obviously we we missed him a lot out there. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of guys stepped up, uh, came in and did their jobs. And, um, you know, the most important thing is that we got the win, man. That's all that matters. You had a mic in there and had the headphones set on on the sideline. Was he coaching you guys at all? Was he leaving it to the coach? Uh, I think he was leaving it to the coach. Well, he, he was giving us pointers whenever we came off the field. But uh, he, I think he was doing that to stay on point with the coaches and, uh, you know, the guys that weren't on the field, giving them the calls so they'll get middle reps while they're on the sideline. So. Oh, uh, definitely a, a very physical game. You know, they, they got two great backs. Got to tip your hats off to those guys. Um, they played a good game. Baker Mayfield had a good game. Uh, and, and like I said, those, those two running backs that they have are, are pretty tough. And, um, you know, they like to feed them the ball. So um, we knew that coming into this game. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll, tomorrow we'll, we'll go in and fix the, fix the um, you know, mistakes that we made and, and we'll keep this thing rolling. Hey, on the, uh, you guys have just given up the touchdown to Kareem Hawk and the 75-yard touchdown play happened. 
So on the next drive, how much of that is just you guys operating on adrenaline? You've been on the field a lot at that point. And how critical was Chris Jones' the sack there to kind of set the tempo and the tone for that drive? Uh, Chris, Chris, I mean, Chris is a great player. Everybody knows what he can do. But um, you know, as a unit, um, you know, we, we got to have a short-term memory. Uh, that's how we approach the game. Uh, we know things are going to happen. We know they're going to make plays. They get paid, too, you know. So um, we, we always just got to have a short-term memory, come back, and, uh, you know, be ready to play the next play. So. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.